I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Hello and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. It is Monday, May 1st. I'm your host, Peter Apple, and today I have five MLB best bets for you to start the month off right. Remember, Not Gambling Advice is sponsored by Prize Picks. Use code Just Baseball when you download for a full instant deposit match up to $100 on the best daily fantasy app. Before we get into the plays, let's do a quick recap of the April month and, of course, March 30th and March 31st on opening day. It was a stinky end of the month, right? Being transparent is key. My picks have stunk up to this point the last three days. It's a long process, but we still ended the late March and April season up 4.19 units on our game picks. And just a reminder, we ended the month of May last season up six and a half units. I won 19 units in April, then lost 13 units in May, and we ended the season with 44 units in our pocket. Historically, even dating back to 2021, I really heat up during the summertime, and April and May tend to have some variance. I'm still very happy with where we sit today, so let's start the month of May off with some bangers. Again, I'm using BetMGM lines only this season. You can use code JBFANS, that's J-B-F-A-N-S, if you're betting on MLB games, wager $10 on any MLB money line and receive $100 once the bet is settled. Our straight plays record again is 43 and 36 plus 4.19 units. And our first game is the San Francisco Giants versus the Houston Astros at 8:10 p.m. Eastern. The pitching matchup is Ross Stripling versus Luis Garcia. The scheduling really hurts the Giants here. We love to fade teams coming off a series at Coors Field or the Rockies themselves after a long homestand. The reason behind it, it stems from the visual memory index. Basically, after a team plays at high altitude, then plays at sea level without an off day to adjust, they often struggle offensively because their eyes pick up the ball differently. It's a real phenomenon in baseball that has helped us profit over the last two seasons. This is even a larger example as the Giants just played a two-game series in Mexico City. Estadio Alfredo Harp Helu, apologies if I mispronounced that, is 7,503 feet above sea level, while Coors Field is 5,200 feet above sea level. We don't have any data on teams returning after playing at this specific stadium, but based on past data of of teams leaving Coors Field, I'm expecting the Giants offense not to show up today. They also don't have an easy matchup. Luis Garcia has been on a roll, tossing 13 straight scoreless innings against the Blue Jays and the Rays. He didn't just look into this. He's made tangible changes from his previous rough starts to begin the year. Garcia's cutter is phenomenal, and he's throwing it much more than he has been. Right now, it's at a 42.9% usage rate, but it's been north of 50% in his last two starts, and his fastball usage has decreased dramatically. The fastball has been his main issue, and it's the only pitch with an ex-woba against over 270. With a steady diet of cutters and off-speed pitches, Garcia can be a very solid number two in the rotation. And following Garcia will be an elite Astros bullpen. They are 4th in bullpen ERA and 2nd in Sierra. 
Ross Stripling is having a really tough start to the season. He's allowing a lot of hard contact. His hard hit rate is at 46.2%, the highest of his career. It's led to a 6.89 ERA and an 8.39 XERA, ranking in the fourth percentile in Major League Baseball. Stripling faced the Astros once last season, allowing five hits and three earned runs in four innings of work. The Giants' offense should be extremely slow coming off a series in Mexico City, and the Astros should have no problems with Ross Stripling. I'm fading the Giants' offense while also taking a stand on the Astros through five innings. So the picks is the Giants' team total under 3.5 at minus 125. That's .62 units to win .5 units, as well as the Astros through the first five innings at minus a half at minus 120, .6 units to win .5 units. Next game, Cincinnati Reds versus San Diego Padres at 9.40 p.m. Eastern. The pitching matchup is Luke Weaver versus Blake Snell. The scheduling really hurts the Padres here as well. As stated earlier, love fading teams coming off a series at Coors Field or the Rockies themselves. The reason behind it, that visual memory index. Basically, after a team plays at high altitude and then plays at sea level without an off day to adjust, they often struggle offensively because their eyes pick up the ball differently. I think the Reds are a decent play today on the money line but I'd rather fade the Padres offense at such a high total. This one is a bit different than the Giants due to the fact that Pecco is, is a more difficult park to hit in than Minute Maid. Not only that, but it's currently raining in San Diego and the weather at first pitch appears to be in the high 50s, with the marine layer making it more difficult for balls to fly out of the ballpark. Considering the Padres are the home team and it's more likely to win, there is a very solid chance that we only see eight innings of hitting from them they don't have a particularly tough matchup, but it still should be challenging for them to put runs across the board. Luke Weaver isn't great, but he is facing a, a Padres offense that ranks 18th in WRC Plus against righties, and that's factoring in the 10 runs they scored in two games off right-handed pitching. Weaver's 7.71 ERA is definitely concerning, but his 31.4% strikeout rate is fantastic, and his 5.73 X ERA points to modest positive regression. Home runs have been his major problem, allowing five and two starts. Not only will it be challenging to hit home runs at Petco today for everyone, but it'll be much more difficult after playing at a stadium at sea level compared to 7,500 feet the day before. The Reds' bullpen has been much more effective than a lot of people realize. They rank 8th in Sierra, skill interactive ERA, 12th in ERA, and 11th in both FIP and XFIP. They aren't a lot of flashy names, but they do have a solid group out there capable of slowing runs. The ballpark will also be in their factor, as it's going to be challenging to hit at all. The full game under and a sprinkle of the Reds through the first five are good plays, but easily my favorite is the team total. Laying the juice, it's worth it for me. The Padres team total under 5.5 at minus 140. It's 1.4 units to win one unit. Next game, Philadelphia Phillies versus the Los Angeles Dodgers at 10.10 p.m. Eastern. The pitching matchup is Taiwan Walker versus Tony Gonsolin. We fade the road team who has to travel off Sunday night baseball. As you all know, I rarely like to take the Dodgers as they are normally one of the most publicly backed teams. No matter, we follow the system. The system hits at a, hit at a 63% rate last season if you took the money line straight up. For me, I always prefer playing it early, taking the team through the first five innings, as I figured the bats would be slow out of the gate. We switched around depending on price, and this system alone netted me 13.6 units last season. Normally, I just take the Dodgers through the first five innings and be done with it, but Ballpark Pal is calling for a 13% decrease in overall run scoring, only second to Petco Park today at 17%, minus 17%. It's supposed to be in the high 50s, and at night in Los Angeles, the park turns from a league average park to a bottom 10 park to hit in by park factor. 
the air is more dense, and it's harder to put the ball in the air. The Phillies will face Tony Gonsolin, who hates when hitters put the ball in the air. In his first start, he kept 50% of the balls on the ground and 43.2% the season before. He was removed from the game early in his last start as he was only allowed 65 pitches. He threw three and a third and allowed two hits and three walks. The command was not where it needed to be, but we can give him a pass considering it was his first start back. The Phillies have been a very solid team this year against righties, but we've had tougher opponents in this spot before. They sit with a 109 WRC plus against righties altogether and a 108 WRC plus against right-handers on the road. Gonsolin faced the Phillies last season, tossing six quality innings while only allowing three hits and one earned run. That was also in Philadelphia during the summer months, where the hitting environment is much easier. Tywin Walker will face the Dodgers after an up-and-down start to the season. He's allowing a ton of walks but he's keeping the ball on the ground and forcing double plays to get out of it. That can only work for so long, and against this Dodgers team, it will be tough. They rank fourth in baseball against righties in WRC Plus at 117, and turn it up a notch at home, rocking a 123 wins runs created plus. My only worry for this bet is the Dodgers' bullpen. They have not been up to par to start the season, ranking 25th in bullpen ERA. However, we should expect positive regression as they rank 15th in Sierra and FIP. Everyone should be available today, maybe outside of Evan Phillips, who has thrown the past few days, but only threw eight pitches last night. Considering the Phillies team total was plus money, I had to jump. I will also be taking the Dodgers to win through five innings, as that's the system we always play. So the pick is the Phillies team total under three and a half at plus 100.5 units to win 0.5 units, and the Dodgers through the first five innings minus a half at minus 120. That's 0.6 units to win 0.5 units. Thank you all for listening. We will be back on Twitch at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash fans. It's a blast. We go over all the games and welcome on more cappers to give their picks. Hopefully, you guys all enjoy your Monday. Enjoy a great start to May. Hopefully, we have these banger picks ready, locked and loaded. But we have to remember, it's not gambling advice.